Well, if you're naked from the top down, I got the solution, Cody. I don't understand how I ended up in this predicament, but please, I will accept any help that I can get. Go to turnbuckleboogie.com, click on the gimmick table, and purchase a Turnbuckle Boogie t-shirt. And then you might want to go to Kmart or Target to get some underwear. Well, I can tell you that my nipples feel very protected, and soon I will protect my nuts. Let's boogie! Hey, buddy, how are you? I, I'm living uh, like a functioning human for the first time in a while. Oh, yeah. You know what? Let us let me get a good straight look at you. Yeah, that nose is crooked. Oh, yeah. So uh, last week, I, I reached out to you after I saw that you had a, a, a catastrophe, I'll say. Yeah. And I said, how are you feeling? And he said, I, I broke my nose, or someone broke your nose, and... Uh, and uh, I fucked my back up, and I went, hmm, want the week off? <laughs> yeah, and I can't thank you enough, and I really enjoyed last week's episode, and I highly recommend, if you haven't heard it, listen to it, because James Mattern uh, is somebody that... Uh, filled in. Filled in, and I mean, it's always awesome to hear him for longer than just little blips. Boogie mania is one of my favorite things in the world because of him and Silas. So yeah. it was really cool for him to hop in. Oh, and uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, uh, the Thrillbilly Silas Mason for making a debut on oh. uh, NWA power. Absolutely brother with 10 R's. Yes. <laughs> with 10 R's power. <laughs> well, that's great. You know, uh, you know, I like it when uh, good people I know get to another level, and that's certainly one. Yep, and I, I can't spoil anything, but I am very, very happy, and I'm uh, also friends with Mae Valentine as well, who is one of their backstage interviewers. Mm. So it's just cool to see people I know in places that seem like they're awesome to be in. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, I gave you the week off last week. Uh, <laughs> and I'll say this, and I, I'm sure that uh, James is listening. I have talked to him about it in person. But uh, uh, I completely forgot, maybe conveniently forgot, that he's not really a, a huge fan of wrestling right now. Yeah. So when I said, hey, you want to fill in? He said, of course, for you, because I did the music for his uh, his comedy special that just came out. Which, folks, if you want to check it out, it's called The Check Spot. It's on YouTube. Go check it out. It's and fantastic. Be sure to like the video and then share it with a friend, you stingy assholes. Yeah, you know what? <clears throat> it's it's interesting. We're all homegrown talent here. Yes. You know, everything we do, uh, if you enjoy it, that's great. That's a feather in our cap. But if it could spread out a little bit more from you, that would be even better. So, yeah, anything that we do, you know, we're all a bunch of low-budget punk rock kids. We want more people to see it. Support the cause. There, there's a few really big advocates. Uh, JLW the Jobber on Twitter is yeah. a huge advocate. And there's plenty of others, you know. So, But 
definitely. I mean, if you don't do th- anything, I'm gonna have to get an OnlyFans page and wiggle my wiener around for extra dough. Uh, as long as you can, uh, what was it? Meatspin.org. Oh, is that a thing? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I'm not you, gonna explain it. I'm just you, gonna well, let I that did out. The, I did oh, wait the a math. second. <laughs> if you are not uh, over the age of 18 years old, do not go to meatspin.org. Yeah, or just get off the internet altogether. Might it's be a good gross. idea. It, it it is pretty nasty in there, but it, every it, video has step something in it. Yep. Oh God, <laughs> let's not crack this. Let's not crack this egg. What's but, that fascination? I, I um I, I got a stepsister well, and a stepmother, okay. and it's oh, disgusting. Okay, so let's let's talk about this real quick. <laughs> What's the fascination? Is look at the amount of families that have step siblings well i got one and the idea of any of that business is gross and there are some people that are very much within the same boat as you but then there are other people that are attracted to taboos i got a word for those people yeah twisted (laughs) well listen in a world where uh I also had a furry follow me on twitter today oh um (laughs) yeah in, in a world that i will not Whatever you engage, I, no, I, won't, I won't say not engage. I, I won't kink shame is what they call it. Oh, is that they, right? They call it kink shaming. I think I will kind of. You can. Yeah, because. Well, there's this idea that shame is bad, but, you know, shame is the reason why I don't walk out of my house with a, a 10 gallon hat on. Yeehaw. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I got a little uh, inner shame going on, and it keeps me honest. <laughs> there, there we go. And I wish I had more friends who would look at me up and down and go, hey, man, maybe lay off the jelly donuts or whatever, you know, or uh, any number of things. Hey, maybe play less uh, solo RPGs and more regular RPGs, you fucking nerd. Hey, Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go is a fun way to get steps. What? <laughs> okay, so I'll tell you what. I'll I'll tell you on air if if you because you make comments from time to time about your weight. Well, yes, because I'm as I get older, I get grayer, I get uh, more rotund, but it's not lost on me on what it is, and I'm just uh, uh, joshing around. Okay. I'm not that upset. Yes, I know the steps that need to be taken: eat less garbage and burn more calories. Yeah, it's not a mystery. It, well, evolution is though. Evolution, evolution. Evolution. Oh, you fell right you. into that, dude. You fell right into that. I, I was about ready to say, <laughs> evolution is not a mystery. What are you, a fucking idiot? <laughs> God. I, ask Lemmy. Ask Lemmy from Motorhead. But uh, So speaking of, and if you ever wanted to go, you could just ask. You know what I'm saying? What are we talking about? To the gym. Oh, of course. Yeah, and I, so just to... I'm going to kind of do a brief little recap of how things happened from my perspective this weekend. Mm. Um, We went in to uh, a double shot where Jay and I, as Death Proof, wrestled Fuck Them Kids, which was the team of Bodie Young Progeny and Kid Isaac at Grap House uh, at Ferguson's downtown. And we had a fun match. What does that mean, fuck them kids? That's Except for literally, it sounds it's another one of those things I shame. No, that that's uh no. Is it okay to shame pedophiles? I yes. Okay, just checking. Yeah, yeah just making sure, huh? <laughs> yeah, I think it's pretty okay to shame pedophiles. <laughs> Thanks for your asking. Though. Hey, well, like, we we don't kink shame here, except yeah, for I do. Well, I'm, there it is. You're allowed to kink shame, but <clears throat> Jesus. <laughs> so. <clears throat> We go into 
the FSW 13 year anniversary at the Silver Nugget, and I'm going to talk a little candidly. Um, the vibe was off the second that I got into the room. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of, I went in knowing that day, I'm like, something's going to happen. And I didn't know what, and I didn't know how, but I was already kind of precautious. And the situation was a matter of, there was a accidental nose break, yeah. which I'm not going to name names because at that point, um, there's no point because I'm not trying to slander anybody. Sure. And well, I mean, they broke your nose. Yes. I mean, and, technically, that's kind of what's supposed to happen. Yes. And I already. Except from uh, you smart fans out there. No, it's well, not. But and so here here's my problem, though. And this is why I, I publicly apologized to FSW and I publicly apologized to Jay <clears throat> is that after I broke my nose they couldn't keep a camera on me mm-hmm. because I was flipping out. Right. Um, and I would like to say justifiably so because it was a pretty big mistake. Well, who wouldn't understand? Look, if I had any sort of injury, even a minor one. Right. And it seemed that I was hot for it. Just, Give me a bit. Well, and 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 that's the thing is, is that they 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 Brother, they gave me a bit, you yeah. know. But the the sa- the sacrifice of them giving me a bit was the fact that they couldn't use any footage of the amount of blood that I lost, uh-huh. and um, the footage doesn't do it justice. And I saw a video of you blowing a cloud. Actually, yes. I saw you doing the old uh, great mood a bit, blowing yep. the red mist. Yes. <laughs> Except for that it was homemade. Yes. And it, wouldn't it just so happen today that today's episode is about the great Muda? Yeah. KG Muda. Yeah. And I can't wait to talk about that because heavily inspired. And I I will say that um, there were some other things that happened mm-hmm. that uh, I something wasn't set up right. Yes. And that resulted in hurting my back. And I think that that's the best way for me to, uh, once again, I'm not slandering anybody. That's not what this is for. But we are breaking kayfabe. Yeah. Watch out. Yeah. And I, I had a meltdown, um, after the match and I flipped the timekeepers table over. I knocked over a couple ladders that weren't used and it, I, I had to hold myself accountable. Seems uncharacteristic of you. Um, but the problem is, is that I've earned a reputation, mm-hmm. and this is fitting in to what people want to believe about me that may not have my best interest in mind. What is your reputation? My reputation, if you ask some, is that of a hothead. Oh, right. Yes. So I can I, vouch for that. Yeah, I yeah, and and but I would like to think that there is an element of truth to that. Sure. However, I feel like for the most part, I do pick and choose my battles, and sometimes, even if I have to apologize afterwards, mm-hmm. I'm still able to articulate myself to a point. 
Well, I mean, you're focusing on the negative side of being a hothead. What about the positive side? This guy is super passionate. Right. And and that's and that's where the other camp is. You can't teach that. Right. And no. And whereas sometimes it is a gift, there's also moments in time where it's a curse. And when it really comes into a situation like that, I now am left. This is the thing that that sucks about my position is because I want to try to help everybody. Right. And regardless of how I actually feel about them Mm. or past situations or things like that to the point to where there's some people that I will have lost their ear and then I'll see them do something and there's something that I want to help them with. So I will then go and tell somebody, Hey, this person listens to you. They don't listen to me anymore. Tell them that you came up with this and then go and tell them. And that sucks. Like that's a, a shitty feeling. Sure. And I don't want that to happen anymore. And if that means that I have to change my approach, then I'm prepared to do so. Calmness comes with age, I find. Yeah. Now, I cannot speak for the pro wrestling industry because there's a lot of stuff to go mad about. Oh, it's wacky. Um, I, I mean, mad in the the American sense as opposed to the English sense. <laughs> Although, yes, it is mad in the English sense. <laughs> yes, but there's enough to get mad about. Oh yeah, in pro wrestling. But you know, I imagine it. There must be a point where you get to a level of comfortability where you've earned the respect of peers, where you can kind of calm down and not have to uh, shout. Uh, uh, or or blow a gasket or whatever. I don't know. Well, you would think, but unfortunately, the way that some people are reacting to me, uh-huh. um, they've lost that respect. Oh, for me. Wow, it's been a tough couple of weeks then. Yeah. Well, that's too bad. Well, hey, let's face it. If there was a boxing match going on. And you climbed out of the ring after you lost and flipped over the timekeeper table. I'm sure the promoter would be disappointed. Yeah. You know, so uh, lesson learned. Maybe yeah. not uh, destroy the people's shit. I don't know. I don't know what goes on back there. Things. Things. <laughs> things go on. There's things. Right. Well, and how are we going to solve this? With time? Time heals all wounds, they say. Well, I I think that um, the next Future Stars Wrestling show is on the 22nd of July. July, yes. And I will most likely have some form of address to uh, let people know where we go from here. God, dog, that's so far away. Well, I got, there's still plenty of time I got to think about some stuff, man. I mean, isn't this the benefit of uh, social media where it's it should work as a public address system? You know, it's not just for people and their stupid opinions about random po- politics. Uh, should be used to uh, ex- explain yourself or, you know, uh, set up future things. Well, yeah, that's why if you need to hear more about what I'm thinking, right. You can come down to the FSW arena on the 22nd and I will fill you in. Oh, I see. In case you're like me and not paying attention to social media. Yes. Oh, well, fair enough. Well, that was about a very vague, uh, explanation over the past two weeks. (laughs) 
I mean, I, I mean, I, I hurt my back. Yes, you I hurt broke back. my nose, and it took me a week until I could get back into the squat rack, which I was really fucking angry about. Sure. Yeah, but I squatted the other day with Casey, my fiance, and I haven't deadlifted this week, but I will probably deadlift Friday or Saturday. All right, uh, Gary, this man is uh, an individual that we have heard very little about other than he is a very dangerous weapon. I think it's only proper that the Honorable Matsuda gives the introduction to the American public of what he's brought from Japan to conquer the bigoted, prejudiced National Wrestling Alliance. Please, Mr. Hart, this is the man you are looking for a long time. He's a man, expert of the karate and the judo and martial art. So I like to represent you because you are best manager in the country and the world. Your reputation was very well. Well, you know, I have a great deal of respect for the people from the rising sun. The most honorable, the most well-trained, the greatest athletes in the world you and I know come from Japan. We all know that the yen is number one. The dollar is number two. As you know, as you know, Japanese corporation buying American real estate. I know very well, more than 60 companies in Atlanta area. Very soon, Japanese will own Atlanta. And the great Boto will own the wrestling business. As you said, he is a master of all the martial arts. Most people only know Kung Fu. He knows them all. He is the most unique, the most devastating, the most dangerous individual that I have had in my charge for quite some time, thanks to the Honorable Mr. Matsu. I think combination of Japanese investment with your knowledge, I think we can conquer the NWA wrestling world. I give you my personal guarantee. And once the people of America have an opportunity to see the versatility of this young man, they are going to be in absolute awe. I give you my personal guarantee, don't turn off your set today, because if you want to see the greatest import that the Orient has ever sent, the greatest wrestler from Japan, watch it and believe it. Quality. We work for quality. Very cool. Well, folks, today's episode is the great Muda, who, you know, it's interesting. When I sat down before we started season three and I went, okay, this is, you know, might be the last season of this show. We got to put in all the greats. And I really thought about who are the greats, you know, that we hadn't covered uh, up until that point. And his name came to me pretty easily. Yeah. But I wonder if a lot of other people feel the same way, because there's obviously a lot of uh, greats from Japan um, uh, throughout time. Yes. And his run, he did have a run in America, but I don't know if in comparison it is paled. Well, it is now, but, you know, most Americans are familiar with him because or at least more Americans of my age bracket are familiar from his time in WCW. Yes. You know, and I'm sure some of us probably get uh, him and uh, Kabuki mixed up a little bit because of the mist. Yes. 
but he because he really came around like 87 88 mm-hmm. and but he was very different from everyone else not just because he was japanese although that is something the fact that he had just the just the flat painted face and you know he was doing you know the moonsault. Yeah, he had a very dynamic move set, right? And no, skill no one, set. No one was doing a moonsault during that time period, right? He popularized it. I don't know if he innovated it. He he has claimed to have innovated it, but at the same time, it kind of turns into one of those you can go back and watch some tape from older and see somebody attempting to do a backflip off the top rope. Sure. I know that he's. I believe he like innovated some things, like the Shining Wizard. Well, the or Shining something. Wizard was definitely his. The I'm more than positive that uh, space rolling elbow, the cartwheel round off into the jumping back elbow into the corner. Oh, and those springboard back elbows that he would do were so nasty. Yes, like he really, he really hit people with the point of his elbow. It was really ugly looking. Yep. And he had these sporadic movements, even when he did the uh, Japanese commentators call it the flashing elbow, which was the equivalent of what the people's elbow would be considered. But it's just this over exaggerated body motion into the elbow drop, but it made it seem like it had more force behind it. Right. Even as erratic as his movements looked in the ring, he looked like there was a, a form of intent behind everything that he did. Sure. And it, it, he, I think that more people, uh, especially if you are a heel, I think that it is imperative to go back and watch nineties Muda nineties. Great Muda. Oh, absolutely. That, I mean, that's the only one I know. You know, he obviously had a huge career after uh, that with Wrestle One and Noah and, and all well, this sort of stuff. I the mean, period of time where he was in All Japan. Yeah. All when J- he became all the, the owner of All Japan for that brief moment. Or just the, you know, the GHC champion. Yep. Recently. Right. After having like double knee surgery or something crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. It's it's insane that he's, you know, basically on his retirement tour. But it's not necessarily crazy because if you look at Japanese wrestling, mm-hmm. Japanese wrestling has a I I don't want to call it a problem with letting guys <laughs> get too long in the tooth. Right. And I the reason I don't want to do that is because it's a really hard conversation because wrestling makes you happy when you do it. Well, for generations in, in America, it was the same story. Right. It's, it's only recently where things have really shifted from a cultural point of view. Yes. Where it's not as common anymore. Yes. And I still think that you have people that are wrestling into their forties. And I mean, stings an exception yes. and you, well, have, I think forties is people's prime, right? I don't know why anyone would shit on anyone in their forties. Because I think that there has always been a stigma, um, that has been put on at least WWE's product that if you are past this age, you will not make it. Well, that's the WWE. Correct. Uh, and fuck them. And I agree. Um, uh, you know, look, I think 
a man and well, I can't speak for women yet because there's just not enough examples of women who have gotten to a certain age who have stayed in the industry for that long to know how well they would fare. You know, I think Mickey James even brought up some time ago that, uh, yeah, there's still ageism when it comes to women, you know, when she was shit canned out the back door. Um, <clears throat> but, it's a shame because Serena Deeb, I mean, she's amazing. Yeah. And Serena Deeb is, uh, yes. <laughs> but with men, their prime really is in their 40s. Right. You know, early, mid 40s. But uh, yeah, when you hit that 50 mark, the 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 age starts to show because, you know, it's in that around about that period where the body really starts breaking down and physically starts to show it. Yeah. And uh, it's unfortunate. Yep. You know, and it is a aesthetic industry. You know, if you're, you're chef, your chest caves in and you, you don't got the can't keep up with the muscle mass or maybe you're just your knees are shot and any number of things. Lower back. Your lower back. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's it's how I feel whenever I see Jeff, uh, not Jeff Hardy, but Matt Hardy. Yeah. Like, yo, my man. Take it easy because he he looks like he's got two popsicle sticks uh, tethered and, off to both legs. And and it's a shame. Um, I don't hate the guy, right? I, and I, I want him to be happy doing what he does, but uh, yeah, but uh, he don't move so fluently. And, and and that's the that's the hardship, you know. Like that's really it encapsulates what wrestling means to people is seeing these people that are doing it and until the wheels fall off. Right. And that's something that is, it might be the only part of the industry that I try not to focus on because I know it's going to come knocking for me at some point. Yeah. Eventually it'll hit you. Yeah. And, and the problem is, is when you put so much of your life into this sort of independent contractor lifestyle, Yeah, you know, if you're in it for 20 plus years, what skills do you have after? Right. And let's say things didn't work out and you never got the opportunity to be on TV where you can store away a huge chunk of money. Um, uh, you know, it's like uh, how California is filled with bitter, you know, actresses who work at Starbucks. Yeah. It's, it's pretty rough. Yep. And but it's not rough when it's the life that you choose. And I think that to just try to make it overwhelmingly positive so I can palate the pill that we just put out on the table and I can swallow it. So, well, look, I, you know, two of my best friends, you and James Mattern are both in the entertainment industry and you're independent contractors and you, you know, he's pretty smart with money. And, yeah. But comedy pays a lot more than pro wrestling. I think yep. you know he's able to afford uh, his own apartment in New York City, and and not a crusty part of it either. He's doing well, just telling fucking jokes. Um, uh, and I, you're making a living being a wrestler, but I I question whether you're being able to store away money for a rainy day several years from now because I don't know that that sort of money exists out there on a non-televised level. I have I have some savings and yeah. some specific things. Um Bitcoin. And, yeah, no. Um <laughs> I, 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 I do have a little bit of cryptocurrency, but it's all very small amounts. Right. I just went and downloaded an app and everything that I saw, five bucks. 
uh, you know, and I think that I put in 50. So, and I purposely don't look at it. And then maybe one day I'll look at my phone. Like, oh, fuck. So, yeah, and, now I got a hundred bucks. And then also, uh, I have been learning, uh, as best as I can about the stock market and how it's essentially probably really corrupt. And what do you mean? Probably. Yeah, exactly. So now I, I, I don't have enough knowledge to bring anything to the table as far as debates go and things of that nature. But at the same time, uh, I've been investing since 2021. Mm -hmm. um, everything that I have investments in is all in green. So, and there's just some money that I don't want to touch yet because I specifically am anticipating it to become something more. Right. <clears throat> Well, uh, all that weirdness out of the way. Yes. How do we feel about the great Muda and his place in history? I uh, know we veered off of it already. I, I think that it's... Was I right in adding him to the yo, list of greats? It, it's undeniable. And for those that don't know, educate yourselves. Wasn't he and one of the three musketeers? He was. And it was uh, Shinya Hashimoto, Chono, and Muda. Right. And um, I mean, for people... Look, there's a, there's a sort of a buzz phrase being thrown around where people are talking about the four pillars. Yes. Because it's been sort of adapted by AEW by certain talent who seem to be as obsessed with Japanese wrestling as you and I. Yes. Uh, by the way, folks, get your own fucking ideas. <laughs> uh, but there was also the three musketeers, which was new Japan's version of that. Yes. And he was one of them. You know, he was, he trained with hero Matsuda mm -hmm. at the new Japan dojo. And, you know, did excursions and everywhere, America, Puerto Rico. And, you know, I knew mostly about him during that late 80s, you know, as a kid and early 90s stuff. Yes. And then to me, he just basically disappeared. And it wasn't until years and years later, like probably within the last 10 years where I realized this guy's still going. I remember seeing him with that mask on and going, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Looks like the goddamn devil. And the reinvention of when he actually embraced being bald and <laughs> the... Yeah, I heard he had a receding hairline. Oh, yeah. The... I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a receding hairline. No? He had the, the kind of bowl cut like Larry from the Three Stooges. Was it Larry that had the bowl cut? I think you're thinking of Mo. Mo, my apologies, but it, it, a very similar Mo-like hair helmet. But the scalpel vertex is where I started balding. Oh, which he started is, getting the skin yarmulke. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. He, he got the skin yarmulke, and then that's why I thought Chris Jericho was going to lose that hair versus hair match recently because I was like, we uh oh, I thought for sure he I'm, was going <laughs> to. I'm sure Jericho has enough money to fix problems like that. Well. Yeah, he does. But why does he got that yarmulke? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We'll see. But the the invention and the reinvention into invention, he he was a pioneer. The we could talk about the Shining Wizard just real quick. Sure. Okay. So explain the the uh, mechanics of the shining wizard. The mechanics of the shining wizard is that it's an offensive attack where the opponent is rising off of the mat 
onto one knee, which is most standard way to get up sure. for damn near anybody that gets knocked onto their butt Some, or their back. Right. And the attacker will run and step off of their opponent's knee to then bring their knee into their face. Mm. And that would be, it's the equivalent of a running knee strike. Why they call it the shining wizard? Because Japanese wrestling. Uh, of course. Yeah. And I know that um, natural born master <laughs> was Japanese wrestling. Yeah. Cause Japanese wrestling. I'm all... Japanese are great because they put super in front of all kinds of wacky shit. Yeah. It's like, super robot dragon. Yeah. Like, it, huh? like, it's my favorite thing is like um, Street Fighter and all the Capcom games. Right. And one of the releases for the Sega Dreamcast was Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo Tournament Hyper Edition Tournament yeah. for matching service. And the the Capcom fighting games in Japan that had online capability, uh -huh. they were all released under the for matching service title for some reason. I wonder right? what that means. I'm sure it had something to do with like connection to the internet oh, as I a see. service. <gasps> for matching service. For matching service. And I think that Super Dragon on the Super Dragon best of DVD that he put out, he had a bonus disc. That was called the Super Happy Fun Time Bonus Donut. Right. And that I, to this day, I find is fucking hilarious. <laughs> How about um, uh, uh, Bam Bam Terry Gordy and Dr. Death Steve Williams? Miracle Violence Collection. I mean, that is the most Japanese name ever. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. I, you know what's funny? They'll also just use plain speak in yes. certain times because... Um, I was watching recently a documentary on uh, the history of River City Ransom, one of my favorite oh, Nintendo games yes. ever. Yes. Uh, so much so, I actually have a River City Ransom t-shirt. Uh, and a, a true statement. And apparently, uh, in Japan, it was just called Street Gangs. Yes. <laughs> well, it was a part of the Kinikokun um, right. series of video games. Right. Which extended way past side-scrolling beat-em-ups. Sure. Also, dodgeball. Yes, dodge dodgeball. Super any sport dodgeball. that you can think of. Oh, soccer. Yeah. yeah, they they had hockey. Like there was a lot of Kinikuku games. Right. The Great Muta with Gary Hart taking on Cougar J here in World Championship Wrestling, and while they're making their way to the ring, we remind you fans to. This Monday night, big event in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Tuesday night in Columbia, South Carolina. Thursday night, the NWA will be in Raleigh. And Friday night, traveling to Norfolk, Virginia, Scope Coliseum. And there is our first look at the great Muta here on World Championship Wrestling. Then he's got a great athletic, ooh, great athletic body. Very body fat. And an explosive charge here on Cougar J. High elevation. He really has an unusual style, but his feet are as deadly as anything you'll ever see. We'll talk about explosive execution. That first spinning kick, we didn't even get it all on camera, but this guy is quick. Oh, crossbody right over the top rope. Man, he's got his hands taped very uniquely as well. I wonder what the significance of that could be. This man was... Look at that agility. 
Tremendous move coming back into the ring, needless to say. And there's a karate thrust right to the throat. Cougar Jay gallantly trying to fight back against this phenomenal wrestling machine from the Orient. Vicious elbow drop. Matsuda has presented Gary Hart with a great treasure from the land of the rising sun. Jim, I gotta say, this guy's every bit as devastating as he said. I, I thought maybe he was just blowing a little smoke there in the beginning, but... And that karate kick, what a move right there. You heard it smack the face of Cougar J, a deadly weapon. Well, I want to say some Gary Hart may have just... This is a coup. We're going to talk to Gary Hart in just a moment. Let's take another look at this guy's slow motion. I mean, he's, he sprung back up in the ring. And I mean, this guy came in and completely flipped back in the ring and was ready, ready for action and put Cougar J out. But The Shining Wizard was this revolutionary thing and it evolved over time uh, at, when Muda was first hitting it he would actually try to run and step off of the dude's knee in order to just knee the person in the face. So there was a lot of near-death experiences mm. when it came to delivering this move. And even on the indies, CM Punk was an early adopter of that version of The Shining Wizard. Right. And when you actually look at the mechanics of it, you would have to be extremely precise to actually run and step off of somebody's knee like that. So over time, Muda had ended up finding a way to make the step up a little magic mm -hmm. and was able to focus on delivering the knee strike in a very consistent way that looked killer all the time. And that move hit independent wrestling like fucking wildfire. You know, people were talking about the super kick. The super kick has always been an indie favorite move. Right. Right. But then the super kick got passed up for the shining wizard. And then that got passed up for the Canadian destroyer. And then that got passed up for the rebirth of the super kick, right. which was everyone just doing a bunch of fucking super kicks out of nowhere, which I don't get. Um, I understand why. And I think I've said it before. The Young Bucks are a parody of NWO and DX. Sure. Okay. And. Well, they were. And I still think they are because they very much are still doing super kicks. They're still very much doing crotch chops. Sure. You know. Yeah. But if you remember. I, just their, don't, think, I don't think they're doing the suck it stuff anymore. No. I mean, if you remember their act. Yeah. Uh, you know, on the indies. Yeah. There was a lot of just references and stuff like that. Yeah. That, I mean, it was like a meta comedy act. Yes. You know, um, uh, I, I believe they try to take themselves more seriously, but not a hundred percent. Right. They're leaving that space for FDR. Yeah. <laughs> who, who has more titles than anyone right now. Oh yeah. They're on top of the world. I love being right. <laughs> God damn. Those just guys won those fucking belts. I was so happy. And wake up and just put it in your coffee in the morning. I even downloaded their uh, theme music. Nice. Gets me psyched up. Nice. Yeah, they're the shit. They yeah. are awesome. Uh, and we'll see. I mean, there must be some sort of behind the scenes business that these two 
don't like to cooperate and that's why they can't ever get into a fucking ring because they really should be the second coming of the midnight and rock and roll right but they just don't do it well i think well they've already done it before they did it once and i think that it's something that imagine if they did it with the vigor that they have with doing lesnar versus roman reigns people would get sick of it I guess, but uh, one match every, what do you think? I mean, they've only had one match. Yeah. Right? They We can't even tell you what the consistency is because, what, two years have gone by mm-hmm. since that match happened. So I don't know what how often they're actually going to come together. So can you technically call that a feud? Right. And that's something that. Who knows? Because, yo, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns need to hit the fucking bricks. I'm sick of this shit. Yeah. You're not excited <laughs> for, like, the 53rd time? I, you know, I think that James, uh, on last week's episode, spelled it out pretty perfectly. You know, generally, in a feud, it's like, oh, you win one, I win the other, then I come back and I win a couple, and then you win one. And then there's and- a blow-off. Uh, yeah. And you, then you don't you, fucking touch again. Yeah. And then you drag it for a while, drag it out. And then you don't, then you, you let it go. Yeah. Right. These motherfuckers did not do it right at all. They built Lesnar up as a monster. He beat everyone for five, six years, uh, including Roman Reigns, who he, you know, lost to four times or whatever it was, four or five times. And now Reigns is the one they're going to, make the guy who doesn't lose. And so now Brock Lesnar has lost four or five times. Yep. And it's like, all right, who cares at this point? The WWE universe. That's right. The, the old galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't understand these people at all. They, I don't know. I watch just clips of WWE television and I go, who watches this and why? I, I couldn't tell you because it's honestly been a while since I've watched it. Yeah. So I just, I have a hard enough time focusing. My priority is just trying to kind of up my mat game. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm watching a lot of tape. I'm trying to bring stuff to the school. You know, I'm trying to bring stuff. Oh, that's a plug. Uh, training with CTC on TikTok. I can guarantee you I'll never use it for anything other than posting training videos. Do weird things happen on TikTok? Yes. I, I don't want to have a part of TikTok past uploading. Have you ever seen a wiener? Videos. I don't use TikTok. I haven't. I have not seen a wiener, but uh, Casey is a an avid TikTok user mm. and she doesn't post anything. She just watches the stuff. There's some entertaining tidbits, but every now and again, it just takes this really weird turn into like point of view you're somebody that's surviving the Holocaust what? and you'll have these teenagers that are like acting. Oh no. Oh no. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad, bad. Good Lord. It, it, it's so bad. I don't want anything to do with it other than uploading training with CTC. Videos. Yeah. If you're on TikTok, not only is your information being sold to the Chinese government, yep. but you can also learn about how to do moves with cutthroat Cody. Correct. <laughs> hey, the Chinese government was funding OWE, and I nearly went up there to work. So, uh, oh yeah, that. bring me back out, brother. What happened with that? Uh, what does OWE poof, even stand for? Oriental Wrestling Entertainment. I love it. Yes, kind of. 
I kind of don't love it as well. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, the word entertainment. It, it, it doesn't, it, it doesn't, ex- I, I, I don't even know if they're still running. Right. Um, it was something that FSW was hugely involved with. I was even hugely involved with. Right. And they had to pass on me because of my injury. Right. And didn't Jack Manley go? Jack Manley and Remy Marcel. And wasn't that Jack Manley's last? That was Jack Manley's hurrah. last hurrah. Yeah, man, it it was. Which is sad. I think about Jack a lot. Right. Yeah, he's I, a beloved figure. Yeah, and. It's been so long, though, and there's been so much time that has passed, and I take that for granted. But when I when I have people around, I've been watching some matches that I've had with him recently. Mm-hmm. I've been showing them to people and to have to explain to them, like, this is the very first person that told me that I sucked, <laughs> that I wanted to prove wrong, and I wanted him to be my friend. Right. And I worked really hard to earn that man's respect. Right. And, and then he retired. Yeah. And well, <laughs> it, and, and rightfully so. I mean, Jack, um, he seemed like a young guy to me. Um, he, he's not old by any stretch of the imagination, but at the same time, there was, there was money that was going around. Right. Right. Before, I mean, I guess I don't know what you mean. Well, but before OWE, there was Paragon Pro Wrestling that was attached to West Coast Wrestling Connection, that was attached to 3PW, and then 3PW was basically a financial backer from FSW that said, "Screw this! I'm going to make my own wrestling promotion. I'm going to take all your talent Mm -hmm. because I have money." Right. And it worked. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Boy, did it work. And yeah, I imagine if you're a wrestler, you follow the money. Oh, yes. And I mean, there was a period of two years that I, I got paid money. Right. And then there was a little bit of a gap of time. And then after it was 2016 and then around 2018, 2019, that's when there was a gentleman named Yan Chow who used to be a performer for Ka who came down to one of my classes. Ka is a, a Las Vegas Thank strip uh, Cirque du Soleil show, just to be clear to the non-Vegas residents. Yes. And he came into one of my classes and he was watching me training. And I can't remember exactly what we were doing, but he he came to me as kind of like, I was the guy Mm -hmm. that was running everything. Right. And I didn't necessarily make him not believe that. Right. Um, (laughs) because I'm kind of my, my intuition was in. And then, um, I also said, okay, well, you also need to take a look at Remy Marcel. Remy Marcel is another one of our trainers and out of loyalty to Remy, because that's what Remy did for me. And, Oregon, he's the one that got me put on to all that stuff. Right. You know, Remy Marcel and Jack Manley got me paid. What was the name of their tag team? The Whirlwind Gentlemen. That's right. And they... Oh, it's a shame there's another... There's a band called Whirlwind Heat. Oh. a good tag team wrestling name. Well, there's Four Minutes of Heat. So maybe if it was a stable and you had Four Minutes of Heat, then get Whirlwind Gentlemen. Why the Four Minutes? Um... 
Because four minutes of heat is way too long, brother. And you get it? They're, <laughs> no, no, they're I long. don't get it at all. It's, yeah, it, sounds pretty nice. Yeah, it, no, four minutes of heat. Four minutes of heat is is beat you up for too long. These stable names are starting to turn into emo band names. Yes, I mean it's ridiculous. They're full sentences and stuff. My yeah. Chemical Romance. But sh- just shout out to Ricky Gibson and Eddie Pearl. Uh, they are an amazing tag team. But yes, I agree with you with the stables. Like it's why not. Yeah. Why not? But, Blackpool Combat Club. Easy to understand. Yeah. And you won't get it confused with an emo band from the early 2000s. You can get confused for a, hard, a hardcore band. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, by the way, I want to see that band. Yeah. Oh, shit. What are you doing this Saturday? Oh, I'm going to Blackpool Combat, Combat Club. Club. Oh, who's opening? Yeah. The Wolves? Yeah. Well, I mean, Black Rebel Motorcycle Club would be a dope name for a stable. I saw them live once. Yeah. Uh, Murder City Devils. <whistles> Big fan of the Murder City Devils. Sure. The Detroit Cobras? Yes. And it, Turbo Negro's album, Ass Cobra. All right. We're not doing word association. <laughs> <laughs> so, but with... With OWE, they they wanted to take some of our students out to China, and the gentleman that opened OWE opened it because the martial arts film industry in China was on a decline, mm. and they had these kids that were put into temples at birth to learn martial arts in order to get work in these movies. So you have... It was like Wayne's World. Right. The scene when they open the warehouse door and there's ninjas. Right. And he was like, oh, I just kind of wanted to open a door. Like, I'm not exaggerating. Like, that. that's what these people were capable of. Right. And they ended up having to pass on me, but they took Remy as a trainer. They took Jack Manley as my replacement. Right. Um, they took my student who has recently come back, uh, Andy, they took, uh, Gregory Sharp. They took Jacob Austin young. They took, um, the bonus boys. They were at the time, real money brothers, clutch and sugar Brown. Christ. They cleaned out FSW. Yes, they did. They took spider warrior. Um, they took Damian Drake. They took Nick Bugatti and they took Shayna. Jesus. Yes, they took, you just named everyone I know from FSW and that, and they took them all. And they got money, but it didn't last as long as Paragon did, mm-hmm. right? It it, it kind of dissipated in, I would say, it was about a year for Remy and Jack, and then it was about six months for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And then they dropped our relationship to then work with AEW. Okay. So, and then that was the last time I had contact with them and they had some matches that SEMA would have mm-hmm. and SEMA would have it with a T Hawk who God, I think that isn't you, SEMA motor convention automobiles. It could be, you know, but where they bring I, in I, like cool cars and stuff. I, I think it's pronounced Shima. Oh, um, but it's spelled C I M A, but they, it was this really, really big thing. But then I think Jack, maybe possibly this is speculation, right. possibly saw the writing on the wall and be like, okay, well, am I going to wait another two years for a money opportunity to happen? Right. And 
at that point because Jack probably has a wife and kids. Maybe. Um, I mean, I don't mean to air his personal business, but look, just you get to a certain age, start branching out, and that's the thing. And it's I could use his advice, but he lives at the top of a mountain, mm. figuratively. And he'll come down off the mountain every now and again. And it's always when I'm not expecting it. <laughs> right. And it, what a mystery. It, yeah. He's still, he's still just this very, very big part of my life. And same thing with Saiku, who was uh, Tim. And I saw Saiku recently, and that was a really cool experience. And he's moving on in the next stage of his life. And then you have people like Legacy. Legacy was amazing. And it, he was from the early 2000s with the BWF and the Las Vegas Professional Wrestling Academy. And he went to the power plant and they're like, yeah, man, this business isn't for you. Mm. But he was one of the most charismatic wrestlers that has ever come out of Vegas. And he's been done for a while. Mm. You know, he was the owner of Vegas championship wrestling. Right. Uh, sometimes the history of this town, there's so many people that, that they just don't know about it. Right. You know, and it's, it's kind of crazy because you, have been along for a while. You want to know who I reached out to the other day was Michael modest. Oh yeah. Yeah. My first interview in the wrestling world. Yeah. I, I reached out to him and we kind of patched things up. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So, you know, it's a folks. If you don't know who Michael modest is, uh, watch beyond the mat. Yep. Famous documentary. And try to go check out the matches that he had in pro wrestling. Noah. Yeah. And they were exceptional. Yeah, I agree. Yep. And it's just something that it's been 14 years for me. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, I, I, I hope I made a positive dent. The giant, I'm sure, is not thinking about a fine right here. He is thinking about getting his hands on members of the NWO, and now they put the great mood out here, kind of like a roadblock, because you know he'd like to get his hands on the Macho Man Randy Savage. They'll throw anything in front of the giant they can, Tony, but when you get to this stage of the game, money is nothing. It's not important. He doesn't care if he's got to write a check for a fine. He's going to work his way through everybody up to the top of the new world order. Look at look at the size of this guy. You have to take him to the golf course. They're going to charge him for a foursome. Yes, they would. As And Muda is trying everything he can to get the big man off his feet. John kicks. It didn't work. Oh, my goodness. He spit right in his eyes. The green mist. He's blinded. Right in the eyes of the giant.
Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I can see in your eyes, it's like, oh, I'm getting to that point now where it's like uh, I'm getting to the zenith and then who knows what happens from there. Yeah. You know, and it's certain introspection or retrospection kicks in and you go, oh, I hope I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. Hey, man, uh, as far as I know, you are. I barely see you outside of this room yeah. because you're, I mean, you didn't even watch wrestling tonight. Why? Because uh, because uh, AEW was on. Because you were at the gym. Yeah. Right? Yep. I went to the gym with Casey, had a chest day, went home, and we, I, I've been trying to actually not watch so much wrestling. Mm. So I watched um, Forbidden Door. Ah, okay. Right? So I, there was some stuff that I liked. There was some stuff that I didn't like so much, but overall, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and Claudio was stellar. Mm-hmm. It, oh, you've turned a corner on ZSJ, huh? I, I've turned a corner on him a while ago. Uh, like, was it because I kept putting him over so much? No, it's because I saw like actual improvement. Uh-huh. Still, sometimes he his upper body doesn't match what his lower body does sometimes when he kicks people. Mm. And that's a very harsh criticism. And I'm sure that he would probably be able to pick me fucking apart like bones dry. But he's changed that. Sure. Like he he's absolutely changed that. Like he he can be somebody that says that he's one of the best wrestlers in the world and nobody would argue. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't. I mean, it's funny when the show started. Yeah. Uh, however long ago it was. I think point. it was more during the I'm hurt era. <clears throat> oh, um, you might be right. Uh, but, uh, Yes, I was very pro Zack Sabre Jr. and you were very pro Will Ospreay. Yeah. And we've both expanded on on both of those things. Yeah. Now, Will Ospreay, in my personal opinion, is the most well-rounded performer in the entire industry. He's brilliant. And uh, and you've uh, uh, made uh, some <laughs> progress with Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah. Well, I always liked Will Ospreay. Like I thought that Will yeah. Ospreay, like I always said that if I want, if I were in charge of WWE talent management and I saw the Will Ospreay um, ricochet match, I would have tried to sign Ospreay before I would have tried to sign Ricochet. Uh, ironically, that was my only knowledge of him. And that's why I didn't care that much. Yeah. Because when I see those sort of 100% no stop, completely choreographed routines. That's what it looks like. It yeah. looks like a routine. It is. In the same way that I don't enjoy certain... He brought up Ka, the Cirque du Soleil show. Yes. They're a series of routines. I don't find them that interesting. I've, I've oftentimes brought up to people in the class of anyone seen a Cirque show. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, okay, well, is there one specific movement that you can remember that one specific acrobat did? Right. And surprisingly, there are some. There are some people that will remember, or they'll remember the, where there's a specific hey man, thing. There's one move in in uh, the Phantom Menace that uh, what's his name, Ray Parks, who plays Darth, Darth Maul. Maul. Yep. He does this sideways fucking corkscrew out of nowhere and then points at a rock and points at an elevator door and that rock flies at it. It's like, holy shit. Yeah. This guy ain't fucking around with this double lightsaber. Yep. Uh, other than that, you, you, the, the part that sticks with you the most is him being cut in half. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or uh, Qui-Gon Jinn uh, catching it. Yeah. You know, those are the parts that 
mean the most. Actually, you know, it, it brings me to last week uh, because this was actually a theme of, of some of James' concerns. He, he, I think he's met his threshold a little bit with some of the guys who are just doing moves. Yep. And, uh, um, and this is something that I used to sort of uh, pine on about. Um, now I've relaxed a little bit since then because I don't absorb too much sort of social media <clears throat> or any sort of negative online stuff. You know, I'm not, um, worshiping at the altar of a, say a cornet. I'll, right. I'll listen to it and I'll laugh for what it is, but I don't need to repeat it. Um, but, uh, it's not without its merit. You right. Know, you know what I mean? Like, no, it, I'm it, saying it, J- yeah. James's opinion is not without its merit. And, and it's not. And I think that that's something that people in the industry should pay a little bit more attention to. It's, um, what, I, if you take the wrestling out of wrestling, what is it? About a fucking bad community theater show. Right. And that's, that, that's what I'm getting at is, is that I, I'm a, I actually love moves. Yeah, Man. we all do. Yeah, I and I love coming up with different variations of moves. I think that people like Dean Allmark and uh, Jason Kincaid are like pioneers. Mustafa Ali, mm-hmm. like some of the training stuff that he does is just absolutely incredible. You and know what? Turn why I turn the corner. I don't mean to interrupt. No, please. But you know why I turn the corner on Will Osprey mm. because I do follow him on social media, and I don't know if you do. Yep. But he spends the line share of it essentially utilizing that platform for kayfabe. Yeah. Which I've said for years. Why do people not, you know, they, they're only in the ring for 15 minutes a week or whatever it is, whatever their schedule is. The other fucking, you know, the rest of the week, they're just posting, you know, happy-go-lucky pictures on this this website that more people watch this right. than they watch the wrestling show. When are people going to learn to start using this for what it is? And I've really only seen a handful of people do it. Yep. Uh, obviously, uh, MJF comes to mind and mm-hmm. Will Ospreay over uh, the past few years really stepped up that game. And it's like, yeah, I'm behind this guy now because yeah. he could always do the moves. Yep. Uh, but moves are one thing. But if you can get me to believe that or suspend disbelief that you're in this for gold or whatever your motivations are, and you you, you, you can see it in people's eyes. Mm-hmm. It's like, this guy's the man. Yeah. And oh. That's really what turned the corner for me. Yeah. And there's some people that do uh, do that. And yeah. then there's some people that I think benefit from having parts of their personal life uh, leak out. Right. You know, I think that when I was doing the order of illumination stuff, I definitely use social media in a way to make people think that I was actually batshit insane. And that's something that uh, got a good result. And I got some hate mail and right. there was some angry letters that were sent to Joe DeFalco, which my biggest regret is not having him print them out and getting them framed. Sure. Uh, I really wish I would have done that, but there, there is something to be said about. If you want people to buy the package, you have to 
present it in the right way. Mm-hmm. And if what you're trying to sell is a certain narrative, you're going to have to sell it the right way in order for people to buy it. What do you mean? I mean that Will Ospreay right now is the head of a pretty loaded faction. Right. And I would say kind of English twatish. <laughs> twatish. <right>? Twatish. <laughs> right. I'm just making that up. I think it fits. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Didn't have to shoehorn it. Sounds it just like slides a, right on. Sounds like a Twitter competitor. Yeah. Twatish. Twatish. Uh, Terry Funk. I once heard him call Twitter twatter. Right. Um, that was a fun day. <laughs> but the that's the thing is, is that he knows how to sell what he wants people to buy. Right. And that's MJF knows how to sell what he wants them to buy. Right. And people latch on and there's some people that are, I mean, there's still some bumpkins in the world. You know what I'm saying? And bless them all. I'm not sure what you mean, but sure. Okay. There, there's some people in the world that still think that things are real. Oh yeah. That yes. And (laughs) you know, yeehaw. Well, it's not limited to them. Yeah. Uh, to the, uh, natives of Alabama or whatever, you know, it's, uh, there's one, there's a lot of, um, I don't want to say stupid. I'll say gullible. Yes. Um, naive. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, that's tough. And then just children, you know, we've said yeah. it forever children. That's the last bastion of innocence. Yes. And we all have to have that Santa Claus moment. Um, so it's funny. It, you would think that everyone knows, like, yeah, we all know. So why are you uh, keeping up the guys, the the ruse? Yeah. But then you, uh, you know, click on any WWE Instagram post. Well, yikes. Yeah. Holy crow. It's like there are people from the moon. Well, and yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And my favorite is like the the new accounts that pop up where like they're pretending to be Seth Rollins. Hey, I need help. What? Send me four hundred dollars. I just don't like these people who have. They probably have like ten accounts, and they're just like their name is like Rock Reigns WWE, and it's you know four twenty. Yeah, I don't even know they bother with it. It's with the numbers, you know. It's like here's just pictures of. These two people I like over and over. It's like, who yeah. has the time to do this? I assume it's bots because whatever. Yeah, there's some people like, oh, I mean, yeah, weird. It's have you ever like seen like the bizarre Vin Diesel fandom? No. Oh, man. It's it exists. It's a real thing. There's like the like people. Like, I don't understand. These, like really cringy photos of like Vin Diesel as an angel and shit. Wow. I don't understand Vin Diesel as a person. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got it when he was in uh, Saving Private Ryan. You yeah. know, he was part of that group of young actors. So yeah. I was like, hey, this guy's going to be the tough one. And then he attempted to start a, an action movie career while all, all of his friends went off to do, like, dramas and comedies and stuff. Yep. And it was like, this. you look at him and you go, this guy? He's following Stallone and Schwarzenegger? Yep. I don't get it. Well, he... he I will say there's been a few things that he's done that I will give him credit for. Pitch Black was good. Is that the sequel to the Chronicles, Chronicles of Riddick? Of Riddick? Yes. Yeah, yeah, everyone says they like that. Yeah. But and it's got Vin Diesel in it. How could that be? 
something's not adding up here. <laughs> I love the fact that his he plays Groot in all these Guardians of the Galaxy hey, movies. He and- did Killer in Iron Giant. Oh, that's right. He is yeah, an Iron Giant. He was the voice of the Iron Giant. Right. Well, he. I wonder. I want to see his paychecks for this Groot business, where you know he went in and said, "I am Groot." 20 times oh yeah and dude he's getting that disney money how'd you like that gig easiest life ever man like come on come on yeah so fuck him no i I, man i i have to applaud him i'm gonna applaud him oh you want to (laughs) hear i won't ever watch a fast and the furious movie but i'll applaud him well what about john cena meat moop what (laughs) Oh, I see. Actually, I I sent out a text this week. So for the past two, maybe three weeks, I've seen in the show's Instagram feed from WWE just various like, hey, what's your favorite John Cena match? Or just just John Cena related stuff. You can always tell what they're leading up to. Yeah. Because their social media will prime people up into it and i when they started talking all this john cena stuff i started going oh no oh lord what what is going on anyway smash cut to this past monday and uh uh it's john cena's 20th anniversary conveniently you know all this vince mcmahon uh yes. stuff is going on vince mcmahon is hot shotting himself out on tv every week good <laughs> oh, everyone needs me here yeah. <laughs> yeah and then all of a sudden john cena shows up uh look i'll say it and then everyone's gonna hate me for it but i want it to be known here now john cena is a walking talking hang in there poster corporate fucking goof and I don't like him, and he stinks. Oh, man. Well, that's too bad. I'm pretty sure all the kids dying of cancer might fucking argue with you on that one. <sighs> wow. God damn it. I, buddy. He has the most make-a-wishes of any person in the world. That's what the WWE... Didn't you listen to CM Punk when he left the WWE? Yeah, and the work shoot promo? Yeah. No, no. Oh, no. no. Oh, on the, Colt the shoot, Cabana's shoot, thing. Promo. Well, he but, said yeah. everyone does those, well, but the WWE only wants you to know that John Cena does them. Hey, I, all all I'm going to say is I know that everyone does those. Sure. Like, I have, I am not, I'm not on the Cena hate train, man. Like, I'm just not. I and, am. And, and But you're also on the Miz hate train. I hate him, and too. He's I'm, the polar opposite of John Cena. I wouldn't say he's the polar opposite of John Cena. He's a company yes man. Yes. I'm By saying category. he's the heel version of John Cena. Yes. They both, <laughs> their work stinks and I hate their, their charming smile and they make me sick. I don't think they're, I, I will, I will openly say Cena may not be like, I would be more critical of CM Punk's in ring skills than Cena's. Hmm. Oh, boy. I don't know if we can open this can of worms this late in the show. And I don't think it's a can of worms that even need to be opened. I I understand your disdain. And I I don't like corporate yes men. And and hey, man, uh, there's other corporate yes men that have existed. Of course. Yeah. I hate them, too. Well, man, I can tell you this much right now. If anybody is looking for a corporate yes man to hand bags (laughs) of money to... You'll say My yes all day. My email is bookcutthroatcody at gmail.com. Just hand me boatloads of fucking cash. I'll sign up. 
Turnbuckle Boogie is a Diva Luda production and is produced by Timothy Styles and Cody Hancock with web production and music provided by Timothy Styles. For more information, go to turnbuckleboogie.com. And for booking information on Cutthroat Cody Hancock, go to cutthroatcody.com. See you next Monday.